All right, if you take God's precious word and turn the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 21 through 24 tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21 through 24. In verse 13, Solomon said, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. So we're talking about the wisdom and understanding of God in our context tonight. And as we get into verse 21, Solomon says, My son, let them, that wisdom and understanding... To not let them not depart from thine eyes. We learned last week that God founded the earth on wisdom. He established the heavens by his wisdom and understanding. And Solomon is saying, don't let that wisdom and that understanding depart from your eyes. There's an old adage, out of sight, out of mind. And the point being, if something is not nearby, if it's not within your view, then it may be easily forgotten. If it's out of sight, then it will be out of mind. So Solomon is saying, don't let God's wisdom depart from your eyes. Keep it in your sight, so it will always be on your mind. God's wisdom is known by God's Word. That's the only way God's wisdom is revealed to us. So it's important for us to not let God's Word depart from our eyes. We need to always keep the Scripture before our eyes, not just our physical eyes. We definitely need to do that. But we need to keep it before our eyes of faith. The last memory verse we've been uh, going through with Brother Doug has been especially um, enjoyable to me. And uh, I was meditating on it this morning. And uh, I, I, I didn't necessarily have it out in front of me. That's before my physical eyes. But by meditating on it, I, in believing it, in praying for that in my life, I have it before my eyes of faith. See? And so we need to have it before our eyes of faith. We need to be able to see life through the eyes of the Word of God. The Scriptures must become our worldview, how we think, you know. We have to allow them to form our understanding of everything in life. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do, pretty much, before I roll out of bed, I usually pray, but other than that, I roll over and I reach and I grab my glasses. Grace bought me a little nose. So it looks it's the shape of a nose and... I hang my glasses on the wooden nose and they get onto my nose. And I usually reach for the nose and pull my glasses off. And if I don't, then I won't be able to see the world clearly as I should. I was exercising the other day. And uh, when I exercise, I don't wear my glasses. And, uh, and as, I was, as I was in the gym there at my house, I happened to look out the window into my front yard and I thought there was some kind of weird-looking animal out in the front yard. And I said, well, look at that. 
I started looking and ended up being a shadow. That's all it was, was a shadow. But with my blurry vision, I couldn't see things as they actually were. And in the same way, the eyes of our understanding will naturally mistake the world before us if we do not keep the Scriptures continually before our eyes. So when we wake up in the morning, we should put on the Scriptures. Set the Scriptures before our eyes, determining to see the world through the lenses of God's Word. And then, of course, literally put God's Word before your physical eyes because by reading and listening to the Word of God every day, you're allowing the Scriptures to form your understanding kind of like corrective lenses, you know. You're making sure that your, your spiritual understanding, your worldview is 2020 when you're constantly getting into God's Word and letting it guide our feet in the direction we should go. Solomon said, look back in your text, keep sound wisdom and discretion. That is, guard sound wisdom and discretion. I've probably told you before, when I get dressed for work, I've got an inner belt and then I have a gun belt that's, that goes over my inner belt. And to keep that gun belt in place, we use little straps called keepers because they keep it in place. And by doing what we just described about keeping God's Word before our eyes, literally and spiritually, we, we keep that sound wisdom and discretion in place. We don't, we don't let it depart from our eyes. And, and I want you to notice that Solomon said sound wisdom and discretion. The Hebrew word that's translated sound wisdom here, it's only used four times in the book of Proverbs. And you know Proverbs is all about wisdom. And so wisdom, wisdom, wisdom is all through the book of Proverbs. So since this word is only used four times in the book of Proverbs, then we understand it's not the usual word for wisdom. This particular word has the idea of being successful. Being successful. When we study the Old Testament, we often see kings listening to the wisdom, the wise men, their counselors. And, uh, and, and one particular story came to mind as I was thinking about that, and one that Brother Shepherd taught on not too long ago, and that was of Rehoboam, Solomon's son. When he took Solomon's place, uh, the, the, the people there in Israel, they wanted to make sure that Rehoboam wasn't going to be an, uh, an oppressive king. And so they, they wanted to have a meeting with him, and they said, hey, you know, we want to make sure you're not oppressive uh, in some ways like your father was. And so he said, well, I'll get back with you. And he took the wisdom from two different groups of people. He took the wisdom from those who advised his father, he took the wisdom and served his father. He took the wisdom of the young men that grew up with him that were, was his age and uh, didn't have any, any, uh, hardly any experience at all uh, running a kingdom. And uh, he ended up taking their advice and disregarding the vice of the older advisors. And uh, in 1 Kings chapter 12... 1 Kings chapter 12, I want to read to you verses 6 through 11. It says, And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, and said, How do ye advise 
that I may answer this people. And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and wilt serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. And he said unto them, What counsel give ye that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now whereas my father did laid you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father hath chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. In other words, I'm going to be a whole lot bigger, a badder and meaner king to you than my father ever would. I'm going to put you in your place. And ultimately he followed the advice of those young men. Let them know who was going to be boss. But by following their advice and forsaking the counsel of the older men, he lost ten of the twelve tribes. They said, we're done with you. And there wasn't a thing he could do about it. So the wisdom of the old men was sound wisdom. Because had Rehoboam followed it, it would have been successful. Make sense? He would have been crowned king of all 12 tribes. But the wisdom of the young men was unsound wisdom. Because that wisdom, when carried out, did not succeed. Solomon said, keep sound wisdom and discretion always before your eyes. And the Hebrew word translated discretion here, it means a plan. A plan, a mechanation, something that you devise to to carry out, to get a particular job done. And so you're coupling these two ideas together. That is a plan that's built on sound wisdom. A plan that when that plan is carried out, it must succeed. It has to succeed. If you have dominoes lined up, one right in front of another, and they're spaced the proper space apart, and you thump one, and it knocks down into the other, if they're lined up properly, they have to all fall down. It's just the way the laws of physics work. And so what you're looking at this concept here of, look, there's plans that we can have for our lives that are not necessarily going to be sound wisdom. Their plans all right. But there may be plans like a perpetual motion machine. They're great in theory. They just don't work. <laughs> they don't work. And so there are other plans though. That when that plan is carried out. Because it's based on the laws of the world that God's founded in the universe. Because everything's right about that plan. When it's carried out. It must succeed because it is a successful plan. It's a plan based on sound wisdom. So Solomon is saying that we have to make sure that our plans in life 
are founded on God's Word. That our plans are founded on the same Word that the earth is founded on. You know, when you, when you um, build a spacecraft to go to Mars or the moon or wherever, they go by the same uh, natural laws that they know to be in place here on earth. They're, they're built into the fabric of God's creation. And so they just apply those laws, and as long as those laws are applied, then they're going to succeed in their plan, barring any human error in, uh, in, in what they do. But the laws themselves will not change. And as long as they're followed, their plan will succeed. And in the same way God's word that he gives to us to act out our lives in this world, they're based upon natural and spiritual laws. And if we follow them, we're bound to succeed. We follow the same word that the earth is founded on while we're dwelling upon the earth. It makes so much sense. And so, uh, as I always say, get a plan that works. I didn't author this, but I learned it years ago, and I do repeat it all the time. Get a plan that works, and then work that plan. And, and what that means is get a plan that will succeed. Get a plan that's based on sound wisdom, and then work that plan. All plans are based on wisdom, but not all wisdom is sound wisdom. Therefore, not all plans will succeed at accomplishing God's will in our lives. But if we'll base our plans on God's sound wisdom, then we'll experience the sound success it promises. That is a guarantee in God's word. Solomon says, keep sound wisdom and discretion. Guard them and don't let them go. Verse 22, so, in other words, so by doing, shall they, shall sound wisdom and discretion be Life, underscore life, unto thy soul. If you keep God's plan of sound wisdom and discretion, it will be life unto your soul. The most important plan that a person can have in life is a plan to save your own soul. The most important plan is to have life for your soul. The atheists have a plan. You know what their plan is? Their plan is to return back to the ground and be part of the earth again. Their plan is to crawl into a grave somewhere and pull the dirt over their, their face and uh, hide from a God they choose not to believe in. That's it. Just crawl into that dirt, pull it over their face and, okay, I don't believe in God. I want to get away from you here. That's their wisdom and discretion. But it's not sound wisdom and discretion. It's not a plan. It's a plan, but it's not a plan that works. Everybody has some kind of plan, though, like the atheists, to save their souls. I've heard people say that they want to go to hell. Y'all ever heard anyone say they want to go to hell? Most of us have. You've heard it, haven't you, Brother Shepherd? Yeah. I've heard them say, well, I, I want to go to hell. That's where all my friends are going to be. That's where all my friends are going to be. And so even those foolish people have a plan. They, they plan to turn hell from a place of punishment to a place to party. That's their, their plan. Yeah, all my friends are going to be there. It's a plan. 
But that plan will not work. It's not sound wisdom and discretion. It's a perpetual motion machine. Oh, it sounds good when they say it. But it's never going never to get off the ground. <laughs> Others have invented complex religious systems for themselves and, and, and their followers promising that they're going to have deliverance if they will keep their stringent rules of their religion. Their plans, but they are plans that will not work because only the God who created us has the power and the plan to give life to our souls. And thank God that our God has made that plan for us. God devised a plan to save creation through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that plan was and still is a sound plan. It was sound wisdom and discretion. So if you'll keep God's sound plan of salvation in Jesus Christ, then it shall be life unto your soul. Yes, he says, look back in your text, and grace to thy neck. Grace is a thing of beauty and honor. It's common for people to put beautiful jewelry around their necks. But nothing adorns a person's neck like the wisdom of God. Sound wisdom and discretion, that is, working God's wise plans for your life, will adorn you with, with all honor and glory. It, it will restore the divine glory that was once lost in Adam. You know, we were made in the image of God. And now, Adam and Eve, having sinned in the Garden of Eden, suddenly shame adorned their necks. But by following God's sound wisdom and discretion, His plan to save us and give life to our souls, it will put a necklace of grace upon our neck. It will restore the glory that was lost to us through Christ. It will be a beautiful necklace placed upon us in the eyes of God and the eyes of the people who love Him. Not only will sound wisdom make you beautiful, but it will keep you safe. Solomon said, look in verse 23, Then, by following this plan, shalt thou walk in the way safely. You know, there's no other way that a child of God can walk than to walk safely. You cannot walk in the light of Jesus Christ without walking in safety. Do you know why? Because Jesus saves them to the uttermost who come unto God by Him. Those who come to God by the sound wisdom of the cross. So we walk safely through this world on our way to heaven, not fearing the loss of our souls. We may, uh, we may um, uh, get tripped up along the way, but we'll never fall to our destruction. Nor do we fear the lack of earthly provision. Uh, it, when, when, uh, when times are getting tough here in this world and... And maybe we have a lack of food supply. We should be wise. The Bible tells us to be like the ant. To store up when we can. The Bible gives us wisdom on how to, uh, to, to do things like that. And to be prepared. At the same time. You can't prepare for everything. You just can't. Ultimately you have to depend on God for everything. You could even store up years worth of food. And it could be taken out 
with one strike of a bomb or something, one airstrike or, or, uh, or, or mold or something like that, or rats or something could, could get into it, or, or theft. And so ultimately, we don't need to be afraid even of our daily walk, our daily uh, uh, walk with God, our daily provision. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread is what we should pray. And so we need to understand that when we're following God's wise plan for our lives, we don't need to be afraid of day-to-day provisions. Jesus said, God clothes the lily of the fields. He cares for the sparrows, and we're worth far more than them. And so when we do, we're of little faith, he says. We need to trust God. And, and, and so I want to say that here when, when he says that we'll walk in safety. Not just safety as far as eternal safety is concerned. But, you know, God gives us his word not for us to have an eternity only. He gives us his word to use and apply right now in our daily lives. And so as we see the food supply and you read about shortages and supply chain interruptions and inflation and things like that, you know, that is when the rubber meets the road for our faith. And that's when we have to say, you know, okay, I can't control what Joe Biden does. I can't control what China does. I can't control what, who's that guy that George Soros does. I don't have any control over that. But you know, they can't control what God does. And it's up to us just to follow God's word, stay true to God's word, and rest in the fact that God's going to stay true to you. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. So we don't fear the lack of earthly provision when we follow God's sound wisdom for our physical needs. By walking in the light of the sound wisdom of God's word, you'll walk safely, Solomon says. Look back in your text. And thy foot shall not stumble. We understand that the plan we're walking on is the plan of the gospel. It's the gospel plan. It's God's plan to redeem mankind and to supply our needs here on this earth through His Son, Jesus. God told the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And so as we're walking in the grace of Jesus Christ, and we're, we're in this covenant relationship with God on the basis of the sound wisdom of Christ and His cross, we need to understand that our foot shall not stumble. Why? Because Jesus' foot did not stumble. You are as secure as He is if you're in Christ. We all fell in Adam. We all stumbled in Adam. But we all rose again victoriously in Jesus Christ. Our foot shall not stumble. Now, if you're taking notes, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 35 says, of those who reject the wisdom of God, it says, quote, Their foot shall slide in due time, for, their, for the day of their calamity is at hand. Words, they're walking okay now. But in due time, their foot's going to slide. We'd say slip today. They're walking. They look okay right now. But they're not walking in a covenant relationship with God. 
their plan for their life is not based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't know God through faith in His Son. And so they may appear to be walking okay now. Just like with a perpetual motion machine. You, you give it a little kickstart with your energy, and it's very efficient and going back and forth or something, you know, uh, with your energy. But eventually, and you think, okay, everything's going to be fine. But eventually, your energy is run out. And that the perpetual motion machine, it stops. It's on a flawed plan because it can't continue to generate its own energy. And so as they continue through this world, they're not living based on their faith in Jesus Christ. And so their foot will slide in due time. They're going to fall. Their plan's going to fall apart. They're going to stand before a holy and righteous God and be judged and condemned of coming short of His glory. But those who put their faith in Christ, the sound wisdom and discretion, the, 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 the plan that works, that God devised from eternity past, Solomon says, their foot's not going to slide. Your foot will never stumble. You're going to walk from earth, walking by faith in Jesus all the way into heaven. You'll walk safely. Your foot's not going to stumble. It's not going to slide in due time. Why? Because in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. And so you can't stumble. The day of their calamity is at hand. But those who've placed their hope on God's sound plan to save man through the gospel, their foot will never stumble. They will have no day of calamity. Only a day when Jesus comes to deliver them from this world. And oh, how wonderful it is to know that we shall never fall in Jesus Christ. Trust in the sound wisdom of God, Solomon says, verse 24. And when thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Well, there is nothing better than laying my head on my pillow at night. And knowing that I, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven because Jesus died for me. Nothing better. I tell you, in the past, I had many sleepless nights. When my hope was built on man's plan of salvation, <laughs> my head may have laid down, but uh, uh, my head always uh, was concerned about my soul. My head always sleeps sound now when it's resting on God's plan through Jesus. It's so wonderful when you lay down to sleep. He says you won't be afraid. It's wonderful to know that if, if I take my last breath while I'm sleeping, I'll be carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom and to the covenant that God made concerning me with him, with Jesus. Yea, look back in your text, Solomon said, Thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Not just sweet because you know you're going to heaven, but sweet because when we apply God's sound wisdom to every area of our lives, it's going to keep our consciences clear from any offenses we might otherwise have committed. And we... 
perhaps have not kept wisdom before our eyes and then we lay our heads down at night and we are troubled by our actions, by our words we've said or something like that. I've had nights in the past as a saved person, as a saved person, when my conscience has harassed me uh, over words or actions that I've done. You ever done something and you think, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And you lay down and you just, oh, and you just, I hate that. I hate it. And you know why that happens? Not following sound wisdom and discretion. Not keeping it before you. That's the only reason it happens. If you'll follow God's word, your sleep will be sweet. You, it doesn't mean you won't have trouble from other people. But it won't be trouble because of you. <laughs> it won't, it, it'll be trouble that you're, you're facing, but not trouble that you've generated. And even though I was forgiven through Christ, my sleep was disturbed because of the foolishness of my actions. Sin disturbs sleep. It does. Problems in our hearts are often problems in our beds. And sound wisdom will secure our minds from the the folly of sin and give us the sweet rest that we so desperately need. God wants you to have that sweet rest. This is why we have the Proverbs. This verse lets us know that God wants our sleep to be sweet. Let's us know that foolishness will make it worse. Therefore, it lets us know that before we go to sleep, you know what we should do? Before we go to sleep, and every one of us, God willing, will go to sleep tonight. Since you know God wants you to have sweet rest tonight, that means every one of us, as we lay our head down the pillow tonight, between us and God, should take an inventory of our day, of our life. And we should confess and forsake any sin that's in our hearts. It's a good thing to do every night. Commit your way to God that morning. And then when you come to bed that night, bring whatever you've done that you know is wrong before God. And don't go to bed uh, with offense on your head. (laughs) Ooh, that kind of rhymes. Don't do it. You bring that to God. You confess it to God. and, 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 And go to bed with a clean slate. Enjoy. A sweet sleep. Keep God's wisdom during the day. And you'll have sweet rest at night. With that we'll go ahead and close. Heavenly Father we thank you for your precious word. And Lord tonight. As we all go to our bedchamber. And we lay down. And finally if we're married. We we finally quit talking. And the time between us and you is all that's left in the stillness of our hearts the darkness of our rooms and our inner consciences Lord I pray Father we'll take a close inventory of our lives confess our wrongs embrace your forgiveness and in our hearts Father God turn our minds to be in agreement with your word To seek, to embrace, and to apply the sound wisdom you've given us in Scripture. 
to not depart from it no matter what the devil tells us, no matter what the world tells us, no matter what our flesh tries to tell us otherwise. To stay true to your word, that's the only safe place there really is in life, is in the center of the will of God that's revealed to us in the word of God. Let us do that, Lord, I pray, so that our days will be full of fruit being born unto you, and that our nights, Father, will be peaceful rest as a result thereof. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray for a safe trip back for everyone here tonight. I pray for all the prayer requests once again that were mentioned tonight, Lord. We bring them before your throne. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.